Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 223 for January 11th, 2017. Today's guest is Stephen Fales, and I am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City, New York City. And as such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists, musicians, pastors, authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 11 years, right? If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron or send an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. Ta-da! Happy New Year! Happy the holidays are over. The holidays took a big, weighty dump on me this year. I, it was worse than usual. I felt miserable. And like January 1st, I was like, ah, okay. Now I can go back to, I just like it to be normal. Um, I talked about it some on this podcast, so maybe we won't get into it too much. Um, you know, I was thinking a couple days ago about something I wanted to talk about in this little checking in segment of the podcast, but uh, I don't know what it is. I think we should just get into the interview today. Uh, is there anything else I want to tell you? Yeah, I went to the farm. I spent some time there. It was great. They have goats. Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary, if you're not familiar. I was the artist in residence for a year there. I kind of still am <laughs> because I love going there so much. Um, I'm going to have soon more details about where I'm moving forward with my show, The Animal Show, uh, The Multimedia Experience. I, uh, that's not part of the title. The Multimedia Experience of The Animal Show. Should I add that? That sounds awful. Uh, incredibly awful. I had a little gig with Sandra Bernhard this week, which is always delightful. Um, it was here in New York City. I often do like out of town road trip type gigs with her. It was a quick uh, showcase. It was fun. It's always an inspiration to do that. Wait, oh, Eve Beglarian. I saw this. She's working on a show. Oh my God. I saw, uh, I don't remember the name of it right now. Lighten up. It's, uh, it's about these visionary artists. And uh, Eve, you've heard on the show a couple of times, uh, especially if you're a longtime listener. She's been a guest uh, at least twice. When I first moved to New York City, she was my second stop of where I lived and didn't pay rent. Uh, she's a great friend and, and tremendous inspiration. Uh, yeah, so you'll, hear, you'll be hearing, well, oh, man, why are things dinging? Oh, it's a thing far away from me. I guess I better just wrap this up. Anyway, you'll hear more from Eve. In fact, I need to get her back on the podcast to talk about the show. Uh, fantastic stuff. So there you go. There's your check-in. Maybe I'll have a better check-in next week. That was a good check-in. What do you think? Was that a pretty good check-in? Oh, I should take a moment and apologize if I didn't already. Did I already? I missed a week of uh, the podcast. I was on a roll too. And then I missed this last uh, release date. So sorry. I'm going to get back on it. It's, I'm still in that challenge of uh, producing as much content as I want while uh, working a job to pay for hosting and producing and feeding the person that makes the content, and that would be me. So uh, it's a challenge, and I feel terrible when I don't do it, especially because I have some people on my Patreon page who might be expecting this podcast once a week. Uh, so if you are one of those people and you feel let down by that, please accept my apology. I'm continuing to, uh, you know, rearrange things. So I, 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 <laughs> I got to make money and, and do the thing, you know. Anyway, I work to support myself, and, and this is the work I'm passionate about. 
And uh, it, unfortunately, the money that the things that pay have to take priority. So well, that said, I do apologize if you were looking for the podcast. I hope you can forgive me somehow. If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially, I'd love your support at patreon.com slash michaelherron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there, and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. Yes. And honestly, if you like this kind of work and you want to see it get even better, Patreon is the place to help make that happen and to become part of this community and this energy that is raising up this work that you like. I like to create it. You like to uh, consume it, um, be a part of producing it by uh, supporting me on Patreon. It's, I think the site itself is pretty self-explanatory, uh, but if you have questions about how it works, I would love to talk to you about it. I love the community. I'm, I love being a, a patron of some other artists on there. It's a super cool thing, and it's like... I think it's a great, like, awesome thing that's happening where people are able to self-produce and connect with the people that like what they're producing and and raise each, raise each other up. And and there are people on there who are like have so many patrons that they're now able to build a staff around the uh, the work that they do, the creative work that they do, and they're able to make better work because they have people supporting the work and the people that are supporting the work love the work already and the work keeps getting better because they're putting money into it. And it's amazing. I love it. I think it's the way... Uh, we've had patronage forever, right? Uh, I think this is a great thing with the internet that, that is helping people support one another and give create these cycles, uh, cycles, circles uh, of exchange. Anyway, whoa. I didn't realize I was going to get into that. Uh, okay, so that's enough about me and all that stuff. Today's guest is Stephen Fales. That's F-A-L-E-S. I love Stephen. I didn't even know how much I love Stephen until we had this conversation. He is a uh, playwright and an actor who has gained broad recognition in the theater world, the gay community, and the Latter-day Saints community for his award-winning one-man play, Confessions of a Mormon Boy. I'm reading this off of his Wikipedia page, which actually seems a little bit out of date uh, because that's actually a trio now, or a, a trilogy. Um, uh, I can't... Oh, hold on, hold on. Here they come. Here they come. Confessions of a Mormon Boy, Missionary Position, and Prodigal Dad. Uh, a great conversation about creation and being creative and uh, his experience... Well, you know, as a Mormon boy and moving out of that community in the ways he did and the ways he didn't. It's a great, super fun conversation. I hope you enjoy it. First, I needed some Howard Jones in my new year. I don't know if y'all are big fans of Howard Jones or not. He was a big 80s synth guy. Uh, he just released a new album. This was actually 2015, but it's still his most recent album. Here's a great song from him. It's called Joy. And after that, we'll have our conversation with Stephen.
so funny the way uh, uh, the, the internet is like I feel like I knew you but these are those moments that I'm like oh yeah uh, we've never met <laughs> so yeah you know I I think this should officially be the podcast so this is Stephen Fails yeah. uh, I introduced you earlier in the show uh, so yay hello welcome to the podcast I feel like this is really cool stuff to share just that whole sort of we're right. both we're both did solo have, performers go ahead but you got that first part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was recording from the beginning, but I wasn't going to use it. But oh. now I am. 
You're so sneaky. I love it. But uh, just just to make sure, I was not trying to be sneaky now. <laughs> no, of course not. But I was like, you know, it's our, it's our first meeting, really. But it's like we've known each other and we've known of each other for a long time. So this is just perfect starting the new year with a new introduction. I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like as we're having this conversation, you're one of those people because I've just been doing like the solo performance stuff that I've been doing for like a maybe a few years. Um, but I think I met you before when I was just starting to like get the courage up to put up a solo show and um, and yeah. watching your process and see you doing things. And there's at least one group on Facebook for solo performers that you started, right? Am I making that up? Yeah, it's, it's called the Solo Performance Alliance. And um, I started it, I think, well, maybe a bit. It's at least five, oh, gee. It could be back to 2010 or something, but it's really grown. And I, I started it because as a solo performer, I was lonely, really. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's got to be more solo performers out there. And I think I was the first solo performance group. And I'm like, hello, everybody. Are you out there? You know, anyone to talk to? <laughs> and now it's like, you know, it's grown a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, solo performing and, and this will bring us back around to your work, like you said, is really lonely and it's so weird. Like I just, I just did like my second show a couple months ago. See, suddenly I'm talking about me again, but I promise we're bringing it to you. And there's that weird sensation of suddenly, you know, like I was rehearsing by myself in my apartment or in a practice room or in front of my director. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Today, there's going to be a lot of people watching me do this thing. Is it like, <laughs> is this even good? Like, what am I doing? Is that, is it that sense that sort of inspired you to start that group? Well, the cast party is really lonely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, you know I, I, I don't mind the rehearsal alone. Sometimes that's a relief. Um, and then the performance is always a revelation. But it's the cast party after that's really lonely. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sad. It's very sad. So what's sad? It's sad to be all alone in the world. <laughs> was Confessions of a Ner- of a uh, Mormon Boy your first solo piece? Yeah, it was. And as you know now, your first piece is just about your second piece. Uh, but your first piece, your first piece is you know such a magical labor of love and. And yeah, I, I did many, several versions of Confessions before we finally did it off Broadway. And, and what, what was it like coming to that decision that you were going to make a solo show? You know, like, I, I, I mean, it's sort of, I, I can sort of see why you felt inspired because you're a performer and, and you had this intense experience, right, as a gay Mormon. But what, yeah, what, yeah. Was there like a moment that you realized like, no, I have to make this solo show or or some big point of inspiration for you? Yeah. Um, You know, the the main thing was if something were to happen to me, would my, I, I didn't trust that there was anyone out there that would be able to tell my story in a way that my children would get who I was, how much I love them. So it really was ultimately a Valentine to my children. Mm-hmm. I was also taking on the Mormon church. I ultimately also took on the sex industry and what I consider to be top shelf human trafficking. So as a Mormon missionary, you know, I, I was taught to make a difference. Um, and so I used my, 
Master of Fine Arts in Acting, when my world fell apart, I re- I put it back together again through storytelling. And I think you could probably relate to that a little bit. Well, how about you? I mean, uh, like your, 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 your show is very message driven. And by the way, I was just watch- I was listening to Mango and it's hilarious. And your style <laughs> of storytelling, I have not seen any storyteller and that's the magic of it. All of us have this unique style that we do. And so, yeah. So congratulations. Thanks. Um, yeah. You know, I, my, um, I've always been drawn to solo artists, like, and performance artists, especially like Laurie Anderson is one of those people that I'm just, oh, you know, like uh, she's one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, so I mm-hmm. always wanted to do that type of work and and I never did. I was always afraid to. And when I lived in Texas, that's how I know Buzz Belmont. Um, I mm. did a lot of music directing. So I was often at the piano, rarely front and center. So I had experience performing, um, but I was really uh, nervous about doing this thing. And Judson Memorial Church, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, here in the city in New York. Um, it's a place uh, that provides space for artists. And I had a friend on the board there, and, and he kept telling me, go talk to the arts minister and say you want to do this idea. And I had just the scrapings of an idea to do uh, this a solo show. And, uh, and then I did it. <laughs> it was weird. Like the mango was like the second piece that first night. It was the first night I ever did any of this stuff. I didn't even have a director. So I was just practicing Mm. and assembling these things in my apartment. And suddenly it was that like, oh my God, is this even good? Like, I don't know. I have no idea about any of this, except that now suddenly there's 50 people here. (laughs) So that piece, Mango, like is sort of special to me because uh, I was like doing this weird little like music spoken word thing. And suddenly that I did that piece and people laughed and I was like, Oh my God. Okay. They like this. Yay. <laughs> you know, it's a really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting that we start off with a lot of just instincts, um, gut, uh, Somehow there's this need to be expressed. It's a true artistic creative impulse. And I think we're really lucky to be able to uh, act on that impulse to see if it is any good. And often it is really, really good. So uh, maybe solo performers are, are, uh, we just seem to find our way to the stage. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wow, it's cra- it's very like it still feels very magical to me because I'm still relatively new at it. So there's still this like you know I, the the sense of and I wonder if you still if you have this feeling too where you're just like, oh, I'm doing this now. This is a thing that I'm doing. Like you know, like I don't know what I expected that to be like, but it feels very surreal for me, especially in a performance where I'm like, oh, how did I start doing this? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's I, I'm looking at you right here. I'm looking at Mango and the setup here. And, you know, you have this natural charisma in storytelling and an ease and and a facility with all that technology. So it's like you're playing an instrument. It's like you're playing a guitar. Um, obviously, you're playing the keyboard, but you're playing all these elements as you as you as you communicate these these stories. It's just terrific. I um so yeah it's so much fun it's so much fun i love it mostly like but it's hard like <laughs> the what what are your big challenges with with putting up 
uh, solo work? Any? Well, I'm often really hungry. <laughs> yeah, okay, I can absolutely relate to that. Like in a literal sense, right? Yeah, it's like I'm really hungry. I hope we have ticket sales tonight. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you're literally singing for your supper in a certain way. But yeah, it comes and goes. You know, sometimes there's, there's a lot of money and sometimes you're developing a new piece. Um, uh, you, you asked what are the challenges? Yeah, yeah. Well, one challenge I had with confessions was there came a point after 200 shows, mm-hmm. or maybe it was a little more, where I'm like, what? How? I mean, here we are, and it works, and we know it, and we're doing it. But how do I keep it fresh? You know, that was a that was a challenge, and I thought, you know, I I really didn't think there was any where to go with it or grow with it. And then I kind of hit a wall, and then I was like, I busted through that wall because even when you've done it, I think I've done Confessions now a thousand times that wow. one show, and and so. I've learned as a solo performer to like, it's almost a meditation. Every time I do the play, um, it's as if I ask the gods, I'm like, reveal something to me, even in the white space of the script, just reveal something new to me that I never knew before. And when I, when I went into the storytelling like that, um, I really, even if I'm not saying new words, I'm like experiencing and getting to know things on a deeper level on it, like a meditation. So it, it, it started to, um, instead of diminishing returns, it started to actually be more and more nourishing on stage. And then you do get to a point where it's like, I have got to create new work. Um, and, and you, you take, you take chances in new ways. So confessions of a Mormon boy turned into the Mormon boy trilogy. And I knew I wanted to write part three, when I, you know, I started writing part two, it was like part two was to get to three to buy me some time because I was going through some stuff I knew I would write about later. So now the Mormon Boy trilogy is Confessions of a Mormon Boy and Missionary Physician, um, mm-hmm. which is actually the prequel, and then Prodigal Dad is part three of the trilogy. And I just got to do all three of those. I've had some runs of that. And and then now I, I just finished in the fall, I did this new exploration on cults and cultaholics and um, it's called cult model. And um, it just kind of takes on my own cult susceptibility, my own obsessive cult disorder. And it's, it's more cabaret. It's kind of stand up. It's kind of monologue. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but we're just going to do it. And mm-hmm. um, so that, that was a great exploration. And now, um, you know, it's been over 10 years since the off-Broadway run of Confessions at the Soho Playhouse. And so right now, 2017, is about revising it in New York on a whole new level um, for 2018. So Confessions Revisited, and we go deeper. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, because you mentioned... Um... So I, I don't think you used the word prayer, but it sounded like you were talking about a prayer thing where you were asking the gods for direction and, and insight into your work. Is What is your spiritual life like? I mean, because your, your work deals so much with religion. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, um, it's quite eclectic and yet basic. 
Um, uh, there's not a cult I haven't tried or I haven't wanted to. <laughs> um, secretly, I think there's a part of me that really would like to 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 read Dianetics all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> have you Have you attempted it? I never have. I think I've got a copy. I, I'm, I'm like vulnerable. I mean, there's got to be the next thing, right? And when you grow up Mormon, you have cult brains. So you're already born into this idea that there's a cult leader for you, that, that, you know, if you're good enough at it and you pay enough money and, you know, you're a good cult member, then happiness, you know, will be yours. So when I got excommunicated from the Mormon church, um, for, uh, same sex attraction, basically, um, mm. it was, it, it was devastating. Uh, and so yeah. after being a missionary and I'm a sixth generation Mormon and I had done everything right. And I just threw it all out. I just stopped praying. I'm just like, you know, screw it all. And, um, even though I did kind of have some um, interesting experiences in my church court when I was tried as a homosexual, it was as if, you know, and I, I talk about this in confessions of a Mormon boy, but for a while I just threw it all out and I threw the baby out with the bass. I threw it all out and hedonism became my new way. And then, um, I had some aha things that I turned my life around and I guess today if there's a cult or a temple I worship at, it would be the cult of the temple of humanism in the theater. And, um, I, I, I joined the Episcopal church after a while I was in the landmark education and I was a huge 12 step person for many, many years. And the 12 steps had all the answers, but today, um, I know there's a force. There's this thing looking after me, um, sometimes there's a pronoun I can attach to it, um, but it's so great and it's so big and it's so personal. It's, it, you can't even define it. it it's, it's a mystery, but I have been watched over. I know I have been watched over and I'm being guided and my creativity is my expression. Um, when I'm creative and creating, you know, I'm a huge disciple of the artist's way. Um, and a mm -hmm. personal friend of Ju Julia Cameron is a personal friend on a daily basis for years. And, oh my God. Um, that's like, that's a uh, creative, what, mana? Royalty. Royalty, there we go. It's creative royalty, yes. <clears throat> and, yeah. um, you know, she, she even featured me in her book, The Creative Life. What? But, um, yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm a creativity coach on the side and I'm taking new clients for 2017. So I'm just putting that out there because nice. uh, as I'm, as I'm working on my projects, um, I love coaching others and it, it all builds together. So, but yeah, you know, um, not to sound too cliche, but, um, the things that she teaches about creativity opened my eyes too. And you know, I was a creative before I met her, but, um, and I have some differences in, in what I do um, with my own creative process. Like sometimes a morning page is all I need. I don't need morning pages because, you know, we're, we're, we got things to do. And um, so, and to riff off of that, you know, what is your, like, like what's your creative process? Um, you know, I, I make it up as I go. <laughs> you know, I, I think, um, and my 2017 thing has been um, not exactly related, but there's this uh, I saw a YouTube video, this guy who who has depression 
um, which I think, I, well, I've been diagnosed with it in the past, and I don't know why mm-hmm. I decided I don't have it anymore, but uh, recently I decided, oh, yeah, I think I actually really do. So, uh, but this guy was very, a very quick video saying, here are some things you can do in 2017. So one of the things that I'm trying to do is each month pick up a positive habit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so my positive habit right now is actually, I guess, a trio of habits of uh, prayer, meditation, and um, gratitude every morning. <clears throat> so, so, and it's like maybe a 10-minute process. And I'm like, okay, I can just try to do this every day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that is um, my, my creative process really is set a deadline where I'm going to be performing something and then freak out the two months before that deadline and make it yeah. happen somehow. <laughs> so yep. I'm, I'm working on um, uh, adding some ritual. You know, I think the next thing that I add to this will probably be some sort of morning page or daily uh, creativity that'll happen after that morning of meditation and prayer. So yeah. I, I don't yeah. have like a real, I, I'm not really solid in what my process is. I think because uh, I'm, I use so many different types of things that I combine. Um, it's sometimes really hard to know like, okay, so today the next step in creating this piece is to do the music part or to do the text part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's hard. It's, it's often hard to, to, I think not knowing exactly what my process is keeps me from being in any kind of process. So, um, yeah. Mm. So I guess the solution to that is to try to cut out some time every day. And uh, also, uh, yeah, explore and and let it be uh, a play, you know, instead of work. Well, you know, one thing I'm hearing that's, <clears throat> that you said at the beginning, uh, as you're explaining, is that you that you set self-inflicted deadlines, and um, and then you you get it done. And um, that is, I think that's a huge piece of the process that a lot of people they just never set a date, and there are never any real deadlines. <laughs> And then to find some more ease so we're not panicking, you know, like what, what, what can ground me? What, what gives me more, you know, peace, inner peace. So I'm not frantic. So I think (laughs) that's what I heard is you're, you're trying to do this, you know, obviously cranking things out and trying to do your best to prioritize, but how do we have more peace and ease as we are, um, you know, uh, making it happen? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's really interesting and like we like we've talked about a couple of times, we both do work that is pretty solitary, especially the writing of it, right? So no one mm-hmm. knows except for us or you know whatever creative energy we're tapping into. And you know like I think that's part of my draw toward prayer and meditation because I feel like often and I wonder if this is true for you too that I I'm in a way uh just receiving direction from, you know, uh, you know, oh God, this could get really confusing, but you know, like I'm, I'm receiving direction from wherever that comes from for me in that moment. Um, yeah. and, and my, my job is to listen and, and follow directions in a way, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's, and currently I need to be in a panicked state to allow that to happen. And I'd like to, <laughs> to ease up on that a little. <laughs> well, that's good to know about, you know, it's, it's nothing to apologize for either. It's just to know that it needs to be a healthy pressure. And when yeah. there's a lot at stake, 
and also to know too that that time where we feel like we're dinking off and we may be procrastinating or it may be a little scattered. And I really try to honor my thinking time and my gestation time um, because it's actually really productive. And, um, and so I, I try not to judge the times when I'm like just thinking about it and like pondering about it and, you know, sketching about it and, and mm-hmm. dipping my toe into it and like, you know, and, and relishing in the, the, the chaos of it. And then, yeah, we do have to crank it out. And that's why too, I, I, you know, deadlines are, you know, if it's not quite there, you know, hopefully often because of the self-inflicted deadline, I can change it so that I, if I need to, um, but anyway, it's all, it's all a great journey. Yeah. And then, wow. and then we have, the, and then when we're self-produced, we have to think about the fundraising and that's the tricky thing. So right now what I'm trying to do in my day is basically my job is to, I write, I work out and I raise money. I write, I work out, I raise money. (laughs) And as does, is part of raise money for you, um, a quote unquote day job or are you pulling in from different funders and whatnot? Well, it, it can be a day job. So raising money means earning it or raising it or, or creating the foundation so that things, you know, like you're working on a marketing or a press kit or things that helps to generate money. It helps to raise money, um, you know, uh, you know, doing the administrative. Um, so what I'm trying to do is, you know, make time that I, I do some writing every day. Um, but the, the administration and the fundraising is, uh, I think that the thing that puts us over the top, I think the Mm -hmm. future belongs to those who produce what they create. Um, even, even success stories when they've made it, I think they are still part of the producing. Um, but certainly at the beginning tag, we're it. And what I, what I, what I teach people or what I say to them when they start complaining about all the administrative and I'm going to do this all myself. I'm saying, listen, you know, really, you know, when you decide to do this kind of stuff, you give up forever, ever. You, you will forever give up the right to have a bubble bath before your show ever again. (laughs) If you're going to be successful, you know, how many times do you get to take a bubble bath before your show, Michael? Uh, I don't even have a bathtub, right? (laughs) So, and, and we're not complaining, right? But you'll get these yeah, performers I, and they're like, oh, well, I've got to have all this special L.A. bath time before my performance tonight. And you're like, no wonders your career isn't going anywhere. And no wonders the, the theater isn't even full of yeah. anybody because what we do is we're like getting people into the theater. You know, like sometimes it's like, it's like two minutes before I go on stage. It's literally like how many are in the house now? And I may get like 30 seconds. Um, yeah. to like take a nice breath before I come out and I actually get to do what I meant to do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, and uh, I feel like next time I'm doing a show, I need to be like, Steven, now I'm going through this. What, what do I do? You know, like <laughs> a big, I had like a huge resentment toward God basically leading up to this show, like I was in, I was not panicked enough to actually be working. I was in the panic mode where I just take a lot of naps. 
where I'm like, yeah. oh my God, this show is in two months. I have so much to do. Oh my God, I got to take a nap though. I got to lay down. <laughs> and then I just waste all this time. And maybe it's not wasted, but I would get I, uh, these shower moments when I'm like, why is this the thing that I want to do? Like I have to do all the work. I have to pay money to perform a show and then beg people to come to it. And you know, all the like, it's this, it feels masochistic when you're in the middle of it. It's like, what? Why is this like, why can't I just have a nine to five job and then go home and watch TV? And then on the weekends, I go like take a little day trip or something. And, you know, like, do you go through that? And do you have a technique for uh, not getting buried by it? Well, ultimately, I think we're compelled by reasons uh, to do this work that see us through the 1001 obstacles. And if you don't have a compelling reason, you're not going to, you're going to go get a different job. And I would just guess that with what I, you know, the little I know, I haven't, you know, just being able to, I haven't been able to see your work live and I know it's vice versa, Mm -hmm. but you seem to care about animals so much that you're willing to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing to do. You know, I guess it's coming back to, and is this, Am I summarizing correctly, coming back to the why and asking like, so I think because I I do have to have these little sit downs with myself. This is it's a really intense process. I don't think people understand, (laughs) you know, people who haven't been through it. I know I didn't before I started trying to put up this kind of work, like self-producing solo work. Um, But I I have to sort of sit down with myself and be like, okay, so you have a deadline and you have to do this thing. But after that. Are you still going to want to do this and why? And then I say, why? And then I'm like, okay. So this is a really <laughs> shitty part of the process. Go do it. <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. you want to be doing this. Yeah, and it's, and it's a gift and it's hard to uh, keep that in mind too. You know, that's a special thing that we get to do. It really is. And it is so fun. It's so rewarding. And there is a huge incentive, my friend, because actually when you really look at it financially, you know, it's like you're building sweat equity into your new intellectual property that you hope that will make money and make a difference. It's like we're building a home that we hope we can sell later, right? And it and, yeah. and people won't understand the sacrifices. You'll be like, who's that man building that mansion over there by himself? But you know that someday, you know, people will come live in it and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's an incentive, too, because, you know, actually I get paid three ways. And when it's all working, it's fantastic because I get I get paid as the actor, I get paid as the writer, playwright, and I get paid as the producer. So, you know, it's a very actually, <laughs> you know, um, unless you're getting grants, which I'm not a grant guy, I, I um, because then I feel like I have to write a particular way um, mm-hmm. for this particular agency so that I seem like progressive enough for their agenda that year. And... Um, so, you know, when you're an independent artist and you're dealing with more commercial and stuff, it's, it's a lot of risk, but it's a lot of freedom. Um, it's highly rewarding. The job satisfaction is huge. And one of the motivators to keep going is, Stephen, you know you're a decent cater waiter, but you know that you also are really tired of ever, you know, working at the Museum of Modern Art. It's boring. <laughs> 
you don't want to grow old, cater waiter, and do you, Stephen? And and you really don't want to go teach, you know, at the university as an adjunct professor, right? So, <laughs> so here's your your goal. So, your so why don't we get up and let's yeah, let's let's do what we really want to do. Not that there's anything against adjunct professors or teaching because I have done that, but um, that is not the time it's not the time for me to be doing that and um but i want to say i just want to acknowledge you you've been doing this for how many years um maybe four okay so you just get you know you you had you had success you're, you're hitting your stride and and like look at your website you got it going on and it starts to make sense because look at sandra bernhard it's it's right here like praising singing your praises yeah, that's pretty legit. <laughs> I'll accept right? that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're like you're like hobnobbing with her, and and you're like you're meeting these people, and people are getting to know you, and you've been paying your dues, and and you're like, and at four years, you're you know you're you're, you're really you're really hitting your stride. Congratulations. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think I started to say this when we first started talking, and I got sidetracked. When I was first getting things rolling and just, I think I was either in the beginning phases of just getting the courage to talk to that arts minister, who's Micah Busey, by the way. We should talk more about Judson Church later. It might be an interesting uh, connection for you. Um, okay. But, but my, um, you seeing you do your solo work, even though I never saw it, I just saw you talk about it on Facebook was just uh-huh. a little beacon of like, oh, that guy, look what he's doing. Like, people do yeah. this. It's okay. You can make this happen. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so it was an inspiration. That's the word I was getting to, and I still didn't make it to. Now I made it. <laughs> you Seeing you do your work inspired me and made me believe that, oh, I could, you know, if he's doing that, maybe I could try that too. Well, that, that's cool. And, you know, that's worked for me as well. You know, and I get inspired by you and, and watching you're doing it. I'm like, Oh, he's committed. I can be committed too, even though I, you know, might be a few years down the line, you know, um, and, and, um, you know, I've had other solo performers reach out to me and that's why I perform. I started the solo performance Alliance and it's a Facebook group. If you're listening and, you know, please come, you know, take a look because what I want to do is cross pollinate. And sometimes we get sharks on there that just want to um, sell you a bit, really, 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 really bad workshop. Um, but what it's really designed for is, hi, you know, what, where have you booked your show or, or what even do you charge or, or how do you survive this? Or, or just getting to know what other work is out there. So, um, yeah, it's a chance. You know, like, yeah. Oh, sorry, I just interrupted you. No, no, please go. Uh, I was just gonna say I I should rely on this uh, for that. You know, <laughs> like I, when I'm going through that stuff, I uh, could make a post on the Solar Performance Alliance, say, hey, guys, I'm struggling with this feeling about putting up this work. How do you get, you know, yeah. like, that is the place, and that, like, the internet, I think, is so amazing, and as hard as it maybe is as a musician to get people to buy music, I, I think uh-huh. the benefit of being able to connect with others and promote our work in, in a way that was not available before, I think makes up for it. 
Um, and that, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have this little piece of the conversation because it's a reminder that like, oh yeah, there's a great resource right there on, right there on Facebook. Yes. And you know, but the best thing of all, like when I play a festival, the best part of any, like I, last year I got to, I played the Hollywood Fringe Festival. I was developing cult model, but I'll tell you the best part of any festival, um, and New York City is a solo festival every day because there's just so many venues. Um, but seeing other people's solo work and meeting them and saying hello, um, and and it's just there's it's just fantastic. When I'll meet solo performers at at these festivals that haven't seen any other solo performers' work, mm-hmm. um, and they don't they don't they don't, we don't support each other. It, it's an interesting thing. And, um, actually it's not just about networking. It's their own. There's something lacking in their own generosity of spirit on stage. Um, there's something lacking in their ability to even actually realize their shows after the festival. Um, so, you know, how can we, you know, show up, and if you can't make it, at least acknowledge someone's work is happening. Um, that's the kind of community we need as solo artists because it is it is such a lonely uh, journey. Yeah, it, it, I was a piano performance major in college. It was similar. <laughs> there was a lot of like practice room time when other people were like in an orchestra or an actor, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, same same sort of what. What's going on out there? <laughs> um, yeah, you're chained to the big grand piano, and yeah. often it's you're, you're a soloist. So yeah, you know a lot about um, the you know the uh, seclusion of our. It's yeah. an occupational ha- It's an occupational answer. Yeah. Well, so so what are you working on now? Uh, so this animal show that. Um, that I just performed, I am expanding. Uh, it, it was the result of uh, spending a year at, at an animal sanctuary. I didn't live at the sanctuary. It's in New Jersey. So I traveled there around once a month. And so the show itself was about my experiences there, like learning to interact with roosters and pigs and chickens and uh, who else is out there? Turkeys. Uh, and now there are a ton mm. of goats. Um, and about the different activist stuff I did during the course of that year as well. Uh, so mm. this summer, um, I'm speaking this as if the funding has already arrived. I'm going to take a time off, um, the summer off from New York City and travel to more sanctuaries um, and do more activist things around the country and bring ah. those stories into the show and rework the show and add a video element that I was never able to get to with this last incarnation of it. So I'm going to expand the show, basically. And, and expand Fantastic. my experiences with animals. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you? What, what's next? Oh, wait, you said already you're, you're rebuilding and enhancing uh, the whole trilogy, right? Yeah. So Confessions of a Mormon Boy will be Confessions Revisited. So, you know, looking back at your story that you've been telling for 15 years and, and filling in the gaps. Um, but it comes with a book called Oxymormon Memoirs. There's no way to be able to, say everything on stage that, that, that can be in the book. So I just need to get the whole thing out. So there's the, the book and it, there's the solo play, um, and other people can do it. And then there's the documentary film Mormon boy using all the footage and 
and interviews about, you know, the journey of storytelling itself. There's a lot of drama on stage, but there's more off stage mm-hmm. and like the journey that we're on. So that's all kind of a trifecta that comes together and in in New York. And I'm, you know, I'm writing it all from Salt Lake City. I'm talking to you from my um, my writing studio here in Salt Lake. Um, where I can I can retreat to I can work and then I can go into the racket fresh and so this is my way to come back to New York now that my two kids are raised my both my kids are in college wow so so I keep a foot here and a lot of my work is about being a dad and father's rights you know there's a lot I move to with that but yeah so um, I I've retreated here to the mountain to Utah and listen there are some sanctuaries in Utah I believe that are like amazing so if you're out here, if you're out here, please, you know, uh, you know, you have a, you know, we'll, we'll set you up here in Salt Lake. Um, um, I will most likely take you up on that. <laughs> I'll start doing some research. I have a, well, I have a lot of planning to do. Um, but one of those things is to see what route I'm going to take. I'll probably do like a two month road trip. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think so, there are uh, some serious, gorgeous country. Uh, you know, Utah is one of the most beautiful states we have, and the national parks and the, and the national monuments. Um, and then there are these sanctuaries out here, and you know, I haven't personally been to them, but I do believe they exist. So, come out west! Oh my God! Yeah, I'm headed west for sure. Oh my God! <laughs> that, I'm glad we're having uh, so many great things have come out of this conversation. <laughs> that well, not thanks, the only one. thanks. I've been I, I'm long winded, so I hope I, you've been able to keep me on track. But I, uh, perfectly, perfectly. Yeah, um, I, we should wrap it up, but I want to make sure we tell uh, our gentle listeners where to find you online. What's the best place to uh, connect with you? Well, Facebook. I'm great at Facebook. Um, so uh, Facebook at fails.steven and my last name is spelled F as in Frank, A L E S fails. Um, and there are a lot of jokes you could say about that. But failed, <laughs> and my first name's Stephen with a V. And so fails at Stephen. Um, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, and uh, we're working on a new website. But you can Google me, Stephen Fails, Mormon boy, and it all comes up. <laughs> I love it. And for those who are listening, all links to these sites will be in the show notes, which are often accessible from your podcast app. So um, look there if you if you want to uh, not have. Oh to my gosh, you have that. an app. Well, you no, it's just app? the reg- no, no, no. It's just the uh, the Apple iTunes app where like people subscribe. But wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's not my own special app yet. Oh, yet, yet. <laughs> oh, by the way, because you're talking I- iTunes, you can get my live from London album. Confessions of a Mormon Boy live from London. It's on iTunes and it is um, on Amazon. And uh, that's, that's one little thing you can do to support me. Um, my is to, to maybe buy my album and listen to my work. So thank you. Yeah. So, and we do here at the Mikey Pod podcast encourage people to uh, support our independent artists. So go do that or else. <laughs> I don't know what the or else is. Uh, <laughs> or, or else or you better <laughs> you better or it's going to be really bad <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me today was, like, what a pleasure to finally have a conversation with you 
Thank you so much, Michael. I can't wait to see your work in person and maybe we'll see you out here in Utah if I don't see you sooner in New York City. Yeah, we're going to have to see each other in person. Like, it's only natural that that would be our next thing to do. Oh, it's our creative destiny. Yes, I believe it. (laughs) All right, uh, I'll talk to you soon. That was Uniform Motion with There Is No Way from their fresh off the press new uh, album. It's released. It's called uh, Rejects. Yeah, Rejects and Bonus Tracks. It literally it just <laughs> came out today as I record this, which will be your tomorrow. Yeah. Friends of show. Uh, they've been on the show before. I've played their music many times. And uh, just one of those indie bands I really just... Like, I like everything they do. And they inspired a lyric for me. And my song, Go, uh, which you may know from my album, Tentative Armor, from the solo show of the same name, which we discussed today in my interview. Um, there's a line where I say, uh, go wrap yourself in something about the magpies. I see the mag- I can't even remember the lyric now, but uh, I, I chose magpies because of they have an album, Uniform Motion, that tells the story of a magpie. And for some reason, I was thinking about magpies. Anyway. 
Well, that seemed like a more interesting <laughs> fact to tell you than it turned out to be. So sorry about that. Thank you so much, Stephen Fales, for joining me on the show today. Another great interview. How am I lucky enough? This sounds insincere, but I'm going to keep saying it. How am I lucky enough to know these amazing people that I get to talk to on this podcast? It's really fantastic. And uh, I get so much out of this. I hope you do as well. Uh, and earlier in the show, I mentioned uh, Eve Beglarian. And hold on a second. I got to find this email from her. Sorry, I should have done this before I started recording this. But where is it? Eve. Oh, here it is. All right. So I, I emailed Eve asking her if, uh, did I just say this? <laughs> asking if she had something from uh, Lighten Up that I could play on the podcast. So this is how she responded. Uh, thank you. You know, the. Uh, this is David's third pass through melancholic, melancholy fate. Each time he plays it, we record the performance, and the next time through, the most recent recording is the pre-recorded track for the next performance. So gradually, the original tape part will be lost beneath multiple layers of room, ambiance, and newer improvs. Sort of like the Flower Man's ever-changing whirlwind installation. And the Flower Man is a uh, folk artist, there's another better name for that, and I cannot think of it, uh, uh, who had this installation in Houston. Uh, it was part of his house, and I don't know all of the story. Eve does. This is what uh, was the inspiration for her piece, if I recall correctly. This type of work is definitely what she's writing about. So uh, the, the big piece is called Lighten Up. This portion of it is called Melancholy Fate, and this is how I will wrap up the show. I'm so excited to share this with you. I'm just, uh, and I believe we heard a live version of this on the Mikey Pod Live podcast. If I'm not mistaken, so many things are just folding in on one another, aren't they? If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do uh, give it a like or re leave a review or tell a friend, leave a comment, Facebook, whatever. Uh, I'd love to hear from listeners as well. And I never do. Never. Uh, well, that's not true. I, very rarely. So if you're listening to this and you enjoyed the show, please let me know. Check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Uh, this podcast is at MikeyPod.com. You'll find all the show notes there. I'm talking too much. The end. Here's Eve Beglarian and company. Not I, you idiot. Not self. But we. We. Waves of sky blue like a critique of heaven. Why do you treasure your voice when to be one thing is to be next to nothing? Why do you look up? To hear an echo like the voice of God? You are all the same to us. Solitary, standing above us, planning your silly lives. You go where you are sent. Where the wind plants you. One or another of you, forever looking down and seeing some image of water. And you know what? Waves. And over waves.